So lately I've been doing some thinking and it's brought me to, I think, a slight turning point, especially in regards to what's going on with the evictions, the eviction um, moratorium, if you want to call it that, through the CDC. But then also I've been thinking about moving forward about how we might approach screening differently. So today I'm going to share with you some of the thoughts I've been having, and I want you to know that these thoughts aren't necessarily for sure concrete policy changes, but they are some of the things that I've been thinking in regards to what I've been seeing going on, not just in the news, but also with what we've seen with our tenants in the property management company, but then also with my own rentals, what the prospects are out there. So I want to kind of give you guys an insight into what I'm thinking where we're going to go with some of the procedures that we do, how we think the market is changing, and where we're going to end up probably in about a year from now. Building a real estate portfolio is as much about buying properties as being a de facto entrepreneur. I'm Karina Ufinger. I'm a multi-property investor, rental management company CEO, and also a landlord coach. I'm going to show you the systems and knowledge you need to thrive as a real estate entrepreneur. From your first property purchase to building a portfolio of passive income where you work less than five hours a week, you'll learn the essential information and skills to build a profitable portfolio and live the life you truly want. Whether you are well on your journey or just starting out, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Landlord Chick Podcast. The first thing I started thinking about was the CDC eviction moratorium. I, right now, as a rental investor, have two units that I am trying to rent. And during this time, I am generally a little concerned about locking someone into a year-long lease. Now, here in Wisconsin, we have some leeways over lease terms. I'm not sure how it goes for the other 49 states, but we have very generous laws here that basically we can have any initial lease term that we choose as long as it's under a year. So I don't have to offer somebody a year or six months. No one's telling me that. So one thing that we have decided for my rentals, my partner and I, and then also we've given this option to our property management clients is that any new tenants that we get while the CDC moratorium is in place, those tenants are only being given month-to-month -month leases. Now, traditionally, we have wanted year-long leases, and there's a number of reasons for that, which I could get into right now, but that really would be an entire podcast in itself. So maybe that's a better discussion for later. But right now, in light of the fact that we can't very easily remove somebody from a unit for non-payment of rent, we've elected to start using month-to-month -month lease terms for all the prospects. And we're explaining it to them when they apply. We're explaining it to them that it's only temporary, that once the CDC eviction moratorium expires, we will likely be offering lease terms as long as your history with us at that point is in good standing. You'll likely get a year-long lease or a six-month lease, whatever we feel is appropriate. But that's one thing that we're doing to sort of hedge our bets with what's going on with the ability to evict people for non-payment of rent. Now, I do want to say again 
that I do not advocate this like blanket eviction of people who are in rough times right now. I'm definitely not a person like that. I do believe in working with tenants, working with them right now, just to create some sort of solution that can be somewhat mutually beneficial to you both. Because the truth of it is, is that if you're not collecting rent, of course you want to try and collect rent. The tenant, chances are they likely don't want to have to move right now. So they're likely going to try and give you what they can. And it's really up to us as landlords to, within reason, work with our tenants. So here, doing the month-to-month leases, what this allows us to do is if we don't get a month's rent, and let's say we get through that month, we don't get it, then the first of the following month, we can just issue the 30-day. They have to be out. If they don't get out, then we can file an eviction, but it's not a monetary eviction at that point. It's because we didn't renew their lease and they didn't leave. So here in Wisconsin, we tend to refer to it as staying over. So it would be an eviction for staying over. This works really well, considering the fact that sometimes we'll even get like double security deposit because of the applicant's credit history or other things. So really switching to this month to month has been able to allow us a little bit of security. And honestly, the reactions we've gotten from people we've explained it to with the prospects, they've all completely understood our position, that we do have some of our interests to protect and that we are just genuinely trying to make the best out of a crummy situation for us and our clients as well. Now, that's just one piece of this equation. The other piece of this equation when we're looking at renting out units is I do believe that how we view our screening criteria is going to have to change. Previously, and I was one of the rental investors that really looked at evictions as a no-go situation. Like I didn't care what the story was. If you had an eviction, it was a non-starter. Now, again, I don't know what your rules are in your state, but for us here in Wisconsin, that was totally fine. During this time, though, as we've begun to rent out units, and we've also begun to hear some stories about landlords not giving tenants a chance, not offering payment plans, and just going straight to eviction, it's really made me rethink the amount of weight that we place on a tenant's eviction history. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're not going to consider it or that it's not a big deal. It still is a big deal. But we do have to look at that and understand that there are landlords who honestly don't care. And the moment you don't have that money to them, they're filing the five-day or whatever's required in their state. They aren't attempting to help you at all. And they're just going straight to that eviction to get that unit back. It's almost like a robotic robotic task for that landlord or whoever is running that property itself. When that happens, you can end up with a high number of evictions that maybe they were justified, sure, because rent was owed. But were they ethical? And as these applications are coming in, It's making me realize more and more that there really are two sides to every story for an eviction. 
So what is going on in my head is that I'm thinking when we question an eviction, maybe the credit score and the credit report suddenly comes into a higher higher play in how we evaluate the tenant. Because the eviction is very much like a one-time thing. Like you screw up once and you've got that on your record. Versus if you look at the credit report and you've got student loans, you've got credit cards, you've got car payments. You can have one payment that is a little bit late. Maybe it's 30 days late. Maybe it's 15 days late. Maybe it's 60 days late. But then all the rest of your payments are great and they're good. And it all shows up on your credit report like that. But yet with that eviction, there's that one mark, that one mark on your record. Now, I don't want to say I'm going soft. I'm not going soft. If you know me personally, you know I do tend to run a very hard line with these things. But what I am coming to realize is that there are landlords out there. There are property managers out there who don't try to help tenants in any situation. And especially after something like COVID-19 and how our economy really did suffer during it, I think now is the time to begin to reevaluate how we look at our screening criteria. Does it make sense for eviction to be a non-starter anymore? Does it make sense to place more weight on an eviction history than on their credit score or their credit report history? This is the time to reevaluate what you think works for you and not just from the perspective of what you want for your rental properties, what makes logical sense, but what also makes sense in your heart and in your mind. Because these truly are unprecedented times and because they are unprecedented times, that doesn't mean we should just stick with our screening criteria and say, well, this is the way it's always been done. This is the way I'm going to do it. So take a few moments to really think about how you want to evaluate your prospects going forward. What do you want to base your judgment on? Do you think it still makes sense to place a lot of weight on an eviction, to make an eviction a non-starter? Or are you of the thought process that, you know what? Maybe eviction shouldn't be the first kill-all. Let's look at the credit report. Let's see what the credit history says. Let's find out what their employer says. I've, I've said this before, that we place more weight on employer references than we do landlord references. And the biggest reason for that is because, honestly, the landlord reference can sometimes be a bit shady. Now, I'm not saying every landlord does this, but... I think we're all generally aware that from time to time, you might get a landlord who gives you a stellar reference for somebody, despite the fact that they were the crummiest tenant on earth. And the only reason they give you that reference is because they want to get rid of their problem. So this is another reason why we shifted towards employment. It's because of the landlords, but it's also because of everything we're seeing in the pandemic. So now I encourage our process, and this isn't a change in our process by any means, but I'm really encouraging my staff to start thinking about these things independently. Think about the employer verification in regards to the credit report and compare that with the eviction record. How do those all meld together to create this portrait of who that person is? 
Because when we are screening somebody, it's not just this one little puzzle piece. We've got like five or six puzzle pieces that we're piecing together that creates this portrait of what the tenant is. And that's something I'm beginning to understand more and more nowadays. Now, is this going to stick around forever? No, probably not. At some point, I do imagine that my thought process is going to go back to being a little bit more hard line with the evictions. But for now, probably for the next year or so, I see my thought process being slightly different than what it's been the past 12-ish years that I've been in this industry. At some point, it will go back to normal. But for the time being, I'm not going to view evictions as an end-all. I'm going to look at them as a small portion of this entire puzzle that I'm putting together to get an idea of what this tenant is like.